0: Good evening, everybody. Good
1: evening. Good evening. Merry Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you all. Thank you for being here tonight on a joyous occasion, um, truly coming up to the most important day of the year um, that has ever existed. So um, we're just delighted that you're here tonight uh, to celebrate and enjoy the birth of our Savior. And um, let's just get started in the right mindset, and let's uh, bow for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we do just um, truly, truly thank you for um, the Savior, for our Savior, for blessing us with that gift that could never, ever be topped. Um, we are just blessed to be here, um, to be in a place where we can freely worship you without any worries. Father, we just want to be mindful and prayerful of those that don't have such an opportunity that um, still celebrate this glorious time of the year and uh, do it in the secrecy of their own homes, their own hearts, wherever it may be, Father. But Father, we just pray that you keep them safe for the evening. Father, we just pray that this service tonight and this celebration truly would be a blessing to you. We pray that the time that we have with our friends and family, our loved ones, would also be a blessed time um, to you um, that we never lose sight of what it is that Christmas is all about. It's not all about the, the bells and whistles and the presents we get, the presents we buy. It's about your birth, the birth of Christ. It's about that one central, most meaningful thing that is so important, no matter what culture tells us. It's all, all for Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you once again for just allowing us to be here and to celebrate with you, for you. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
2: Welcome, everyone. Let's all sing number 249. Oh, come, all ye faithful, together.
3: Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign: behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. A child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulder. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Peace of His government, or of peace, on the throne of evermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts. Will accomplish this. Two forty five. <laughs>
4: as the a age-
5: Sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, "Greetings, favored one! The Lord is with you." But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, "Do not be afraid, Mary." For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? the angel answered and said to her the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you and for that reason the holy child shall be called the son of god a decree went out from caesar augustus that a census
3: was taken of all the inhabited earth this was the first census taken while quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him. And was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because
1: there was no room for them. Number th- 262. <laughs>
6: Say, is praise God for beautiful music and beautiful voices. Hard to follow. <laughs> I love this um, Christmas Eve service. Uh, we've done it for quite a number of years here at Grace Church, and I've always loved it. And uh, one of the things is it brings back tremendous memories when you sing Christmas carols you have to start thinking about when you were a kid you know and how you gathered around and sang Christmas carols and things like that and and it was just wonderful and, and uh, just as an aside before I get serious here with you <laughs> um, which is awfully hard for me to do by the way uh, to get serious anyway uh, it brings back Connie just reminded me which I didn't need reminding of but it was nice that she did Of About, um, oh, 20 years or so ago, there was a a young man who was one of my, um, well, let's see, I don't know how to put that in perspective, Uh, one of my grandsons, and uh, he was about three years old or four years old, and uh, we were going to sing uh, uh, Away in a Manger and I asked him if he would come up and sing it with me, and he did. And that was one moment that I will remember all that time. He was about like this, now he's about like this. <laughs> and uh, and I, it's those kinds of things that are just, just wonderful. I am going to, um, oh, just another aside, tonight we're gonna, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Joy. I'm not talking to you about happiness. I'm talking to you about joy. Those are distinctively different things, as we'll see as we go through this evening. But I was telling Connie the other night that uh, I was going to speak on joy, and she says, oh, that's my favorite word. And I said, oh. She says, don't you see how many signs around here there are that say joy? And I guess I had never paid enough attention. (laughs) Because our house is virtually full of signs that say joy. You walk up to the front door and there's a great big joy there. Uh, the same thing at the greenhouse. Because we have on the on the restroom doors, they have these panels that uh, Carol hangs up there that are quoting the verse that I'm going to use tonight, which is uh, from Luke, uh, about joy, you know, where the joy is all coming from. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit tonight. I'd like first to read Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 8 through 11. Uh, It says, Luke wrote, In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a babe, baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with an angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. The part of that verse is... That uh, I want to just hike on for a little while is bring you great good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. So I started to think about that a little bit, and I, I did a little looking back in some uh, tomes that I have at home and, and looked at the Old Testament. Why was there why was this such a big great joy thing happening in Israel? Well, joy has been a major, major part of God's ministry to his people throughout the history of the Jews, Uh, and before that, too, before the Jews came on the scene. And the people rejoiced uh, at the words of God, and at his law, and at at his saving acts, all the times that he would save them from calamity of one form or another, and also, by the same token, for in certain ways, uh, saving them eternally. So these things were really celebrated, and they had festivals. They do things a lot better than we do when it comes to those kinds of things. But at these festivals, they would be singing, and there would be shouting, and they'd be clapping hands, and there would be dancing. Oh, maybe dancing. <laughs> uh, no, we dance too. Anyway, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if we got that excited about the joy of the Lord as the Jews were doing in these in these situations and his word and all the things were the key for part of this whole phrase is that he's talking about this joy is available to the whole world. Now the whole world is not Christian. We all know that for sure. But there are an awful, lot of, an awful lot of people who are Christians. But when Jesus came on the scene, he came on the scene for the whole world, including the Muslim world, including the unbelieving world, and all, parts, all the different parts from that. It's available to the, word, to the world because Jesus came to solve the problem between God and man. And the problem between God and man has always been from Adam and Eve, sin. He came to take away the guilt of the sin and the barrier that divided man from God. Man could not be holy enough to be in the presence of God. He was not righteous enough, not any of those kinds of things. But Jesus Christ came to take your sin and my sin on the cross. Take that away forever. And then he rose again. So he did all of that for the world. We are fortunate in that we understand a lot of those things, and probably the majority of the people in here are people who believe that. Scripture says that if you wish to spend your eternal life with God the Father and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, all that is necessary for you to do is to believe that message that Jesus Christ came to die on the cross for me so that through him I might have eternal life. He rose again, and he's alive today. So if you really want to begin to understand what joy is all about, that's the first decision that you need to make if you have not ever made that decision. Because it is so profound what joy is. I have a couple of illustrations that I'm going to bring up a little later, and I hope that you can relate to them, too. I'm going to read just a little passage from a few verses from 1 Peter. Listen to the words. I'm going to start at verse 3. It says, Peter is saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To obtain an inheritance, inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice. Get the connection. It's the understanding that God has prepared this salvation for you, and it will not fade away that as a, as a basis of your understanding and your faith is what caused you to be allowed to greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. The whole idea of joy, and the reason that I initially removed that from happiness, is because they are two different, completely different things. Joy is something down in the inner soul of a person that allows them to just be full of joy, Joy, to the point of wanting to stand up and clap your hands and shout and dance and all the other stuff. It is a gift of God, joy is. The kind of joy that I'm talking about is a joy that is is essentially reserved for believers only. There is joy in the world without being a Christian, don't get me wrong. But it's a different kind of joy. It is a fruit of the Spirit. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit, so one of the fruits of that spirit is joy in your life. So if if that's the case, shouldn't you be enjoying an awful lot more things than you're enjoying? If if that if that's true? It's grounded in God Himself and it flows from Him. It's all about Him. Happiness is limited by circumstances. Joy is not. Circumstances have nothing whatsoever to do with it. Nor is it an isolated or occasional component of our being, but it's an integral part of our relationship with Him. God intended us to be joyous, God intended us to be full of joy and to be enjoying all He is to us. It is a quality of life, not a feeling or an emotion. And I, I'll explain that a little bit later on, too. But, and the interesting thing about it, and one of, the, one of the psychologists that I, for some reason, was interjected into this thing that I was reading, it says that you cannot. it cannot be expressed while you're preoccupied with the details of life. And that's true. The details of life tend to take away the joy of your life. So... What it is, is it's knowing who we are in Christ. And if you know me at all, you know that one of the things that I love to teach more than anything else is the attributes of God. Because I really, and, and where you, what your position is in Jesus Christ is a believer in Jesus Christ. You have a marvelous, marvelous position. We all do. That position is that God is going to take care of us no matter what. We know what our future is. We know that it's nothing but good. We know that God will not not allow anything to come into our lives that would destroy his relationship with me. Those are the things that you anchor in your heart. And when you have those anchored in there, any time things start to come and take away your joy, you need to return to who it is that holds all the keys. And that's Jesus Christ. And he... They'll take you out of that and allow you to enjoy life. I believe that God intended for His people to enjoy life. I have a little thing and and I can't even think of the guy's name now, but he used to be a radio announcer on WTMJ in Milwaukee years ago. And he said, and the saying is, um, I'm going to paraphrase this. So I'm going to murder it, but it's. Uh, Life is to be enjoyed, not just endured. And that is so true. Life is to be enjoyed. Well, I I found a couple of definitions that I thought were kind of cool too. One of them was, says that joy is a delight in life that runs deeper than pain or pleasure. It's more basic to who you are than even pain and and pleasure. Tony Evans says, and I I always like what he says, the feeling and expression of inner celebration and satisfaction of the soul that transcends circumstances. I I hope that those of you who were here, and I'm going to maybe be wrong a little bit on timing and numbers, but don't hold me to that. But I'm thinking about a month ago or so, we had a dedication service. And for those of you who don't attend Grace Church or maybe don't know what that is, it's where the parents are committing their children or committing themselves to raise their children in a Christian home. It's kind of like baptism, but not. (laughs) And we had, I think there were 14 young people and their parents up on the stage here, from one side to the other, and I'll tell you what—that gave me more joy. And I've thought about that more times. About that, the the future of this church is in wonderful hands. God is in control. When you have, there were 25 or so people up here. See, that's where my numbers might be off by one or two. Uh, <laughs> there were they were just up here, and these were people who were committing themselves to raise their children the way God intended for them to do. It's a marvelous marvelous thing and it it is that's the kind of thing that gets down there and it just gets into your soul and says, "Man, God is good." And that's a good good thing. The fullness of joy comes when there is a deep sense of the presence of God in life. And that's where I like the 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 attributes of God idea, if you don't know what I'm talking about that, I'm saying, if you, you need to know a lot about his goodness, for example. You need to know a lot. The more you know about his holiness, the better off you are. The more you know about his, um, <laughs> a lot of them escape me at the moment, but there are 12 or 15 attributes like that. And they're the kinds of things that when everything else fails you, you know that that's true. Because that's who God is. He is those things. Those things you can hold on to. All the other stuff goes away. That stuff doesn't. The moral of the story or the message of the evening is this. Rejoice in God's saving acts. And in his law. And in his word. And in who he is. And that is what Christmas is all about. And I'll tell you what there were some of the things tonight. I, I'm I, I don't I'm not emotional. Any of you who know me know that I'm not very compassionate, right? You know. <laughs> but I'll tell you what there was some singing tonight. Yeah, I think that's funny too. Uh, <laughs> there was some uh, just everybody singing and all that. Just it makes my heart swell. Thank you all for being here, and thank you all for doing all that. We've got a few more songs to sing, and we're going to uh, light the candles now, I think.
2: I'll ask our candle lighters to come to the center aisle, so those of you in the center will receive the flame and then pass it to the person next to you, and if you're receiving it, tilt your candle so we don't get wax on the floor.